Ja, nu är vi igång med att köra That's my dad and I taking down the roof in his new apartment. It's also the sound of a new chapter. The sound of a crowbar and some old planks. This new chapter has tar running on the walls, a fallen over fan, and some moldy wallpaper. But this new chapter also has a nice balcony with a view over Stockholm and white walls. This new chapter is called Divorce, and it's starting to not feel so hard. I'm Clara, and this is Coming and Going. In this series, I'll go behind my glamorous Instagram facade and talk about the restless and anchorless life of coming and going, a life dispersed between home and home, but also about growing up, I guess. If you've listened to the past two episodes of Coming and Going, you know that I've been grappling and struggling with the idea of home in this ever-changing reality that is coming home. You also know that my parents a few months ago decided to go their separate ways and that my coming home after the past semester meant dealing with all what that meant. It's now been a few weeks since we said our final goodbyes to our now eerily empty apartment and handed it over to its new owners. The same week, we moved all the stuff worth keeping to my mom's new place, which is in significantly better shape than the fixer-upper my dad found. What was left after all the nice furniture was moved was all the things filling in the spaces, the remnants of a life well lived. When clearing out my dresser, I found old diaries, flags from parades, notes from middle school classmates, and for the better, never sent love letters to old crushes. Needless to say, the clearing out sent me down the rabbit hole of nostalgia and reflection. I used to be very into writing diaries, and they are to 98% filled with love declarations, typical 2000 smileys, I'm talking XD, semicolon P, and all that comes with it, and petty fights with middle school friends. And although skimming through them made me wish I could burn them to oblivion, they also reminded me of a very different life lived, from before we ever moved to this apartment, before I left home and before everything became so damn grown up. My childhood was protected and happy. I lived in a house in a nice and safe suburb of Stockholm and my family had a summer house off the coast of Gothenburg. I sang in choirs, played badminton and sailed. We went on skiing trips every year to the Alps. Hello, white suburban stereotypes. In my mind, the concerns I had then seemed almost incompatible with the life I currently find myself living. The diaries symbolize a bygone era, a time and life I can't come back to. Though I already then felt like mom and dad's separation would be a step in the right direction for the happiness and well-being of my family, I think that this time of change and the old diaries brought me back to simpler times when I didn't have to think about what life would look like in the near future. It was all just there. In my desperate longing for stability and the good old days, as a kid just following along someone else's decisions, I forgot that this stability and predictability was what made me leave in the first place. In one of the diaries, I was reminded of a conversation I had with a friend back in 2009, both 12 years old then. We were sitting on the Stockholm subway on our way to school. He was my neighbor, and we'd both gotten into the same school, 
a choir school in the center of Stockholm. Me, more enthusiastically than him, but nevertheless. On our first day of school back in 2007, our parents decided that we'd take the subway together, at least as we were getting to know the new distance to school. I guess we both felt a bit forced together. We didn't have much say in the matter, and frankly, we didn't have much in common either. But despite what both him and I thought, we ended up taking the subway together every day for seven years. And in those seven years, we talked about a lot of things, one of them being the future. I remember asking him that day on the subway whether he thought they would ever leave Stockholm. His answer was, leave Stockholm? Why? He did eventually, he's now studying in a city just north of Stockholm, but I remember the confusion I felt over his answer. It was not at all what I had expected. Even then, at 12, I knew that I'd not be able to stay in Stockholm my entire life. I desperately wanted to get out. Everything felt so planned out, so predetermined. Looking forward, I knew that I had this whole path staked in front of me, so secure and stable. I'd go to choir high school, I'd become a sailing teacher, I'd get good grades, and I'd be the good girl that didn't get fucked up on vodka one night in ninth grade. The thought of that scared me. Now, don't get me wrong, I loved my friends and family, my life, but I just couldn't stand knowing exactly what it would look like in the future. I jumped on the first chance I had to go somewhere else. I ended up in Norway. When reading my old diaries back in the apartment, I felt stressed from the work I'd been doing this summer, stressed from emotional changes at home, and stressed from leftover feelings from the semester. Almost two months had gone by since the end of the semester, and I felt I'd not relaxed at all. My mind was clearly clouded by emotional stress, and I realized that I desperately needed some perspective. My 12-year-old me apparently had more of that than my 22-year-old me. Not good. So when all was moved and we'd left the keys to the new owners, I packed a bag and took the night train to Kiruna, one of the northernmost cities in Sweden. For the next two weeks, I sat on buses populating the empty roads of the Swedish birch tree tundra, hitchhiked across Finnish Sami with a Sami gold miner, and took trains trailing the fjords of the Norwegian coast. I listened to hours upon hours of podcasts, read books, listened to music, and thought. Mostly, I just thought. I travel on average 10 hours a day, and I had no one to talk to. In two weeks, you can think a lot. <laughs> so when I came back to the south in my summer house, I had perspective. The past two weeks visiting friends and looking out the window had slowed my pulse, softened my thoughts, and given me more distance to life and its obligations. I'd wind it down. The leftovers from the semester had been dealt with, my shoulders relaxed, and my creativity returned. For the first time in a year, I felt better than just okay. Yeah, I have a lot more to deal with, and my parents still have things to figure out, but the worst is behind me, I think. And I now have the energy I need to take on life again, for real. 
I don't feel so scared about returning to Minerva in the new semester. I think I need to remember and embrace my 12-year-old self, listen to her and take her words seriously. Because when it comes down to it, I don't want my life to be predetermined or predictable. Sure, I want the bare necessities like a place to have my clothes and books, and to be able to crash on my parents' couch, or couches. I was so jealous all summer of the stability of my friends' lives that I forgot how much I actually enjoy traveling, how much I love learning, and how much I love the perspectives I've gotten from meeting so many wonderful people from all over the world during UWC and Minerva. Seeing all my friends posting pictures of smiling with new friends and new places, with new jobs and new lives, I've often felt like that's what summers are supposed to be like. What my summer was supposed to be like. But I think I wasn't ready for that. I didn't need an exciting life. I needed to fix and understand the one that I had. And going forward, maybe the next two can be more like the Instagram ideal. Or maybe not. And I don't feel so bad about that anymore. I even feel good. You've been listening to Coming and Going with me, Clara. I'll be back regularly throughout the summer with thoughts and observations. If you relate to the topics or anything I say, please let me know. I really like hearing from you. Similarly, if you have ideas for something you'd like me to include, or if you want to be part of the series, send me a message at clara.minerva.kgi.edu. That's Clara with a K, by the way. Chances are we're friends there. Oh, and make sure to follow the Minerva Quest on Facebook and our podcast channel wherever you find a podcast. The soundtrack to this episode was created by DJ Quads and Onyx. Thanks to my family for being so good at listening and giving support to each other, as well as to Antonia Borman for believing in me.